Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. And when I tell of his remarkable deliverance, many shall see it, and they will fear and trust in the Lord. My song of deliverance has come about due to the circumstances that beset me in life. I now have a new song, one that God has given me. This new song is taken from the various circumstances and adversities that came against me. As a result of it, when that season of life passed, so did the tragedy. Whatever you are going through, or whatever you have gone through, there comes a time when you put it in the past. Don't let that define the praise that you must give to God. Don't let the past define your present. Are you allowing the past to come into your present? Don't let it muddle your present. The future belongs to you and God. But in order to get to the future, you must live in the present. And how you live in the present is when you have a new song. And there are songs for seasons in our lifetime. When the season of grief has passed, learn to put it in its right perspective. If you are grieving the loss of someone, there is a season for it. But learn to listen to the cues that the season of grief is over. When that happens, put it in its right perspective. That season has passed. Close the door on it because God has let it go. The word says that he cast all our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. That season of tragedy is now in the season of forgetfulness. Therefore, you have a new song in your mouth. Isaiah 54, verse 7. For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. Sometimes in life it would appear that God has forsaken us, especially when we're going through trials and tribulations. I know it sounds like a resounding theme, but... Don't focus on the trials and tribulations. Focus on how I have written this book. What is your book of life saying about you? Even though I went through trials and tribulations, I have the victory because now you are hearing the words from a book that I have written based on the deliverance that God has brought me through. Sometimes when we look at our lives, and you look at your situation, it would seem that God has literally left you. I have come to learn that it is at those times when God is most with you. Sometimes when you feel completely alone and feel as everyone has turned you down and everyone has turned their back on you and they have left you and abandoned you and you look around and friends have gone, lovers have left people you thought would be there forever have all gone, I have learned that that is when God is most with you. As the scripture says, for a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. Don't let your circumstance or your situation overwhelm you. Take authority over it, and when you do, say in the name of Jesus, 
God says he shall never leave me nor forsake me. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. Have you ever been in a situation where you are absolutely fearful? Remember, fear is spelled false evidence appearing real. Have you ever felt as if you had no one to help you? That no one could come to your rescue? And even if they did, they could not affect the turnaround of the situation that you knew. This is when you find that the Lord is your strength. You could be by the bedside of a family member, a spouse, a child, someone whom you love dearly. And you're holding on and asking God, You are my light and my salvation. I don't fear this sickness. I don't fear this disease. And you might be asking of the situation, of whom shall I be afraid? This is when you know the Lord is your strength. Here's what you need to do. Remind yourself that the Lord God, Jehovah, is your protector, your shield, and your defender. And then if he is such, then you need not fear anything else. No matter what no matter what the situation is, remember that the battle is not yours, it is the Lord's. So when you go into this, treat it just like a battle. You're holding on to your son's hand, your daughter's hand. They have just called you to tell you something terrible has happened. Know that God is with you. God is with you. Follow the leading of the call. God is the quarterback. Jesus is giving directions. Find out what his game plan is and you will discover that by staying in prayer with him. Once he has revealed the game plan to you, all you need to do is make the play. Check in with him periodically to make sure that you're in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing and making the right play. The Lord is my light and he is my salvation. Say that today, every day, as you drive down the highway, as you're going to work, as you're going into a job where you're not sure if they will keep you or you're not sure if today's the day they handle pink slips. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Psalms 46. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Isn't that terrible to imagine? Though the waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her 
and that right early. The nations raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in sunder. He burns the chariot in the fire. Here's my favorite part. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathens. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. If the God of Jacob is our refuge, then we need not fear. If the God of Jacob is with us, have no fear. Be still. How many times have we had to say that? You're driving down the street and you hit an ice patch. Don't panic. Don't grab the wheel and panic. Be still. How many times are you driving down the street and you get that phone call? Your husband was just in an accident. Must go to the hospital. Be still. They call you about your child. There was something wrong at school. Be still. They call you into the manager's office and you know it feels like they're going to hand out the pink slip. Be still. It is the bank on the phone calling to tell you you didn't get the loan. Be still. Whatever, it is the doctor calling to say, we ran some tests and we think we see something. Be still. God is our refuge and strength. He is your refuge. He is your strength. A very present help in trouble. There is no need to fear. Even though the earth around you is shaking, you just saw a flood and the waters took your house away. Be still, it's only a house, you're still here. You just watched as your car was flooded away, running down, driving down the river, it just went away. Be still, because God is your refuge and strength. The Bible says the promises of God are yea and amen. That means whatever God promises us, he's able to deliver. He's telling us that he is our strength, he is our source, and he is where our help comes from. It is him whom we are supposed to run to in times of trouble. When you get into trouble, don't pick up the phone and call Mary, Sally, because they say hello, and they say yes. We don't want an amen to the trouble. Pick up yourself and look up onto the hills from whence cometh your help. You might be driving down the street as you're listening to this. Look up into the sky. Just look up and say, Lord, you are here with me. You are my strength. You are my refuge. Be with me and then be still. Let God be the center of your life. He will divinely lead you into the people whom you will connect with. And at the end of the day, he should be the last person you speak to. At the beginning of the day, start your day off 
with speaking with him. But remind him and tell him, Lord, you are my strength and you are my refuge. Luke 10, Luke 9, Luke 10. And nothing by any means shall harm you. Nothing by any means shall harm you. There is a river where nothing by any means shall harm you. Luke chapter 10. Nothing by any means shall harm you. In verse 19, it says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall harm you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And in Luke chapter 19, verse 9 to 10, it says, And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Today salvation has come to you. The Son of Man has come to seek you and to save you. Psalms 112 verse 10. Thus saith the Lord, the wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. You may have been given a promise from God, a vision, a story to tell, a book to write. Maybe it was you who was given a patent to go make something, to invent something that will improve all our lives. But the circumstances that have come against you have been so great you have forgotten. But here is the word saying, the wicked will see your deliverance. The wicked will see your victory and they will be grieved. They will gnash their teeth. They literally will say, how did that happen to him? How did that happen to her? The desire of the wicked shall perish. Joel chapter 2 verses 23 to 26. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floor shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, the great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to shame. This is such an amazing scripture. It sets you on the path to victory. It says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. Imagine, if you will, all the years as you look back over your life, all the years that you spent and you were sad and you may have been in a tough marriage, 
that did not work out and you spent so many years giving off yourself every day trying to make it better. You may have worked at a job, you worked for someone who did not appreciate all the sacrifices that you made. You may have gone to school for many years and you felt as if nothing I did has made a difference or made any change. The Lord says he's going to give you back everything that you have lost. He's going to restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. Everything that you tried to do. Imagine you were a businessman, a businesswoman. Every business that you tried, everything failed. Everything you put your hand to, it did not come to fruition. Everything that you tried to do, the Lord is going to restore unto you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth, and I will make them an everlasting covenant. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewel. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all nations. Psalm 71 But I will hope continually, and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day. For I do not know their limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness and of yours only. There are no limits to what God can do. My grandmother used to sing the words of a song that went something like this. It is no secret what God can do. What he has done for others, he will do for you. I have found that in my life there are times when I have to give God what is called a yet praise. A yet praise is a praise given to God in the midst of a situation where a positive outcome has yet to happen. Sometimes, confronted with obstacles and adversities, there's no other way to get around it but by praising God. 
there are some things that we go through. Life is not magic. And there are some things that we must go through. But the Word of God comes to encourage us, to bind us up. The Word of God comes to lift us up, to remind us that God is our refuge and our strength, that He's a very present help in trouble, that we can hope continually. And while we hope, we can pray and go in the strength of the Lord, that even though I don't feel strong, even though I don't have everything that I want, I am still going to go in the strength of the Lord, trusting in Him that He will bring it to pass. Philippians chapter 3 verse 70 verse 13 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I may not have everything that God has in store for me at this point in the journey, but I do know one thing. If I continue to stay in his perfect will and keep pressing ahead, Eventually, all things will turn around for my good. And as long as I keep focusing on what is ahead and forgetting the things that are behind, eventually I will reach my goal. And so we must press on. We must keep on pressing. You may not feel like it this morning. Your spouse might have said something. In fact, the coffee may have even burned you as you tried to drink it this morning. But I want to say to you, keep pressing, keep moving forward, because ahead of you is the victory. After every dark night, there comes a light, and you keep on pressing and look straight ahead. If you keep moving, you will get to your destination. The only thing that can stop you is you, and only you can stop yourself. But if you keep moving, and you keep having faith, eventually that situation will turn around. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for the good, for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. All things, all things work together for good. All things will work together for my good. All things will work together for the good of my situation. All things, all the things, all of it will work together for my good. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You remind yourself that God who created you foreknew that this situation that you're in would happen. And because he has predestined you to win, then you're going to have victory nonetheless. The victory might not look like what you expect. Or the victory might not come in this situation. But you will have the ultimate victory in the end of it. The battle is not yours, but it is the Lord. Life is a battle. The situation you're in is a battle. 
in a battle, there are many different wars. There's war of the tundra. There's war of the tea, war of the coffee. There's war of the parking spot. There's war of the parking space. There's even war of the bathroom. Those are all miniature wars. But there is nothing that is going to come against you. So you might lose one war, but you will not lose the battle. Because the battle is yours. Because God says, I can do all things through Christ. So today, no matter what you're going through at this moment, this moment that you're hearing this, whatever it is that you're going through, I can do all things. Even if they ask you to go play Bass's concerto, or they ask you to jump off the top of a cliff, I can do all things. More often than not, it's the things that we take a deep breath and feel like we can't do. It's that one more time thing. It's that I have to do this again. I have to try again. Your marriage is failing, but you have to try with your spouse. You don't really want to do this. This is a child who has given you a problem. This child has been problematic. You have tried so many times to borrow money. You have tried for a loan. All things. I can do it all through Christ who has strengthened me. Second Timothy, verse 1, 6-7 Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Do you realize that you're a unique person? There's no one else on the planet made just like you. Inside of you, there is a gift that you have not yet utilized or stirred up. Sometimes the gift isn't necessarily one of singing or writing or dancing or acting or being a mathematical genius. Sometimes the gift is just a unique ability to survive whatever comes your way in every situation. You have to find a certain equality that is required to overcome. That's what the scripture is reminding us to do. You need to stir up that gift for you to survive this situation. I know that you feel as if you have been stirring up the gift and dipping into it all the time. But stir up the gift. Continue stirring up the gift. For you have been working at it for a long time. Stir it up. Stir up the gift that is in you because God has not given you a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind. Great people who have been successful did not achieve success overnight. In fact, for most of them, they had to do it over and over and over again. They failed more frequently than they succeeded. What am I trying to say? I'm just trying to remind you that there is a gift. Someone else, the person whom you love, the person whom you trust, the person whom you look up to might not recognize that there is a gift in you. They may have turned you off. They may have said something that dissuaded you from it. But don't give up. Stir up the gift that is in you. Look at the situation from another angle and find a way and say, there has to be a way for me to get this done. Years and years ago, when I was trying to publish my book, it was such a struggle to find the right publisher. I had to self-publish because large publishing houses were not looking for me. 
but I felt that I had to write this book that I'm reading to you from today, Musings of the Spirit. And I felt that this was a book that had to be written. And so in 2009, I finally found someone to publish it. Do you know this book was written from 1997? I had to wait those many years before it's published. What if I had sat there and not stirred up the gift that is in me? You wouldn't be hearing this now. You would not be able to relate to what I am saying. What am I saying to you? Find your niche. Whatever that gift is, stir it up. Find what you're good at. You're a unique person. And when you find it, go after it with everything in you. Do not fear. Stir up the gift and pursue it knowing that you have the love of God on your side and that your mind is in the right place. Luke 1.30 Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Hebrews chapter 10 and 23 Let us hold fast the confession of our faith, the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. God is faithful in everything he promised. The word of God says that he's no respecter of persons. Whatever he has done for others, he will do for you. I have found in my own journey that everything he promised me, he has delivered. God is no respecter of persons. So if he did it for me, he will do it for you. Because he who promised is faithful. His promises are yea and amen. His promises are to you. You, you are the unique person. The Bible says God counts every hair on our heads. You are unique. God knows who you are. He knows you by name. And he who promised you is faithful. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 35 to 36. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you will need to be patient, so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. Do not cast away your patience. Patience, they say, is a virtue. But you cannot cast away the confidence that you have, that God loves you, and that God wants you to be successful. There is a promise attached to you pursuing the will of God for your life. The promises of God are yea and amen. There are promises within your acceptance of the perfect will of God. The difference is not to become caught up in what you should or shouldn't do. You just need to find out what it is that God wants you to do. That's all you're doing today. I am going to find out what it is, what is it that God wants me to do in this situation. And in so doing, you will develop the patience to see it through. I waited 12 years from the time when God first spoke to me that I would be a published author. During that time, I went through many life seasons and many changes. I had to learn patience, and as you can tell, I was not someone born with a patience gene. Amen. I had to learn that God has an appointed time for everything he promised. I had to learn how to listen to God, how to wait on God, and how to move when it was his timing to do so. I am the person who literally is the most impatient person you have ever met. And as much as I was confident before, I now have greater confidence because now I am sure that waiting perfectly 
and listening patiently and listening to what someone has to say will get me to where I need to be. And that is why it's so very important to follow the stories that are in the Word of God. The Word of God says about itself that everything written in it is an example for us to follow. And so you are reading and hearing this book because it took my own patience to overcome my own impatience in order to write the book and to get it published. It was 12 years. What is it that you're waiting on that it seems as if it's more than that? Could it be healing in your body? Are you waiting to be healed? God spoke to you and told you you would be healed and you're still waiting to see it manifest. Could it be you're waiting for the restoration of a marriage? A spouse left. Could it be you're waiting for a child who have lost their way and you're waiting for them to come back? Be still and know that whatever God promised you, he is faithful to deliver. And Hebrews 12 and 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. In our world today, people want something to believe in. People are looking everywhere. People are looking for hope. People are looking for purpose. People are looking for something to hold on to in a world that is unstable. This is no different than the times our ancestors lived in. They faced the similar obstacles just called different names and in different regions and clothed in different ways. Today, we're facing the same battle. It's a battle for our mind. It's a battle for our peace. It's a battle to stay connected. If it's not one thing, it's the other. As soon as you have crossed something over, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Sometimes you're driving down the street, take that time. You listen to this podcast. You listen to these words that are in the scriptures over and over again. Let it become a part of your mindset. As you're driving down the roads, you're thinking about this. It's okay to listen to other things sometimes, but listen to encouraging words that empower you and give you peace so that when you approach situations, you at least are approaching it from the angle of peace. Let not your hearts be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in him. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I have gone to prepare a place for you. And if I come again, I will receive you unto myself, that wherever you are, you may be with me also. Don't worry about it. If you're losing your house, if they're taking your house away from you, don't worry about it. It's just a house. They're taking the car. It's just a car. I have lost houses and lost cars. I live in a house now and I have more cars than I need. God will provide. The important thing is to hold on to God. Hold on to his promise. Hold on to the words that he tells us. Let not your heart be troubled. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? believe in him. In his house are many mansions. He's telling us that he has mansions prepared for us. So if you don't get a mansion here on earth, you'll get one in heaven. And if you live here on earth, you the house you live in is your mansion. Stop looking at other people's houses and say, oh my gosh, I don't live in a big house like John or Robert, you know, or Roberta, or I don't live in a big house like Suzanne, or I don't live in a big house like Emma or Ashley. 
In my Father's house are many mansions. What have you got to worry about? So if you need a house today, what do you do? You say, Lord, in your house you say there are many mansions. Can you release one to me? Is it possible, Lord, that you can release a mansion to me? I trust you. I believe in you. Thank you for your words of assurance, O oh God, that in your house are many mansions. Release one to me. I receive it now in Jesus' name. And you clothe it by saying, I am looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. My prayer for you is that from now on, from the beginning of every project, you will always look to Jesus. Ask him at the beginning how you should do this. As you listen, he will speak to you and he will guide you. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8. It says, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no man can shut it. For you have a little strength. You have kept my word and have not denied my name. Now, God is telling you that he has given you open doors. The one in front of you is an open door. Is it you whom God has made a promise to? He promised you something and he's pointing in that direction and they're fighting you over it. But listen, he says right here, he has set before you an open door and no man can shut it. Have a little strength. You have kept his word and you have not denied his name. So you say continually, Lord, release unto me my open door. Keep my door open for me. Open that door I'm believing you for. Whatever that door might be. You might have a big project. It could be that you're a business consultant and you have this big project that you want to get done. You might be a business developer and you need this loan to go build this project out, this development, so it can be done. It might be you who needs money to start your startup, your tech startup. You have an idea and you are you know that you have the answer to what the technology bubble needs right now. Be still. Know that he's God. Just ask him, Lord, where is my open door? Open my door because his word says, I have set before you an open door and no man can shut it. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. This is the bastion of Harry Kamek Ministries. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Imagine you have this project, you're going down the road of life and on your journey you have this big project. It's big to you because you don't have all the resources to do it. You're almost afraid to speak it. You're afraid to even write it out. You might have shared it with your spouse but they're more caught up in the everyday. Somebody has to keep the lights on. Somebody has to keep food on the table. That's what you keep hearing all the time. The children have their own agenda. They just want to make sure they can go get their food and get their games on. And you are like, how am I going to do this? 
the Bible says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above everything that you can ask or think. That big project might be big for you, but it's not too big for God. Ask him for it because he assures us that he has the power and he has given us the power to have it. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. Ask him for that. After all is said and done, after all the circumstances, when you look back over your life, you can imagine what exceedingly is. Everything that you can think of, ask him. Everything that you can dream of, ask him. Even if it's your spouse who is not believing, ask him to change his mind. Ask God to change his mind, change her mind. If it's your child, ask God, what direction do I go? Where do I go? What do I do? And it doesn't matter if you're a believer in Christ or not. This is an ideal opportunity for you to say, I want to believe. Believe, therefore, believe in yourself. Know unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or imagine. Right? Know unto him who is able. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57. And it says, But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who has given us the victory through Jesus Christ. Sometimes you are embarking on a journey. You're embarking on a project and you feel the vibration of it. You can literally feel that you have the victory. And you say to yourself, how am I going to do this? Start thanking God. Just say, thanks be to God. He has given us the victory through Jesus Christ. For years I used to say that and didn't know that it was a scripture in the Bible. I used to just say, thanks be to God who has given us the victory through Jesus Christ. I had no idea that there is a scripture in the Bible for that. I have found in life that there are scriptures for everything that you can imagine or think. And so, thanks be to God who has given us the victory through Jesus Christ. Habakkuk chapter 2 verses 2 to 3 says, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Thanks be to God who hath given us the victory through Jesus Christ. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. You have a dream, you have a vision. Write it out so that when you see it, you will run with the vision. You will look at it and read it and your mind will find ways. The machinations of your mind will start finding ways to make it happen. The vision, though, is yet for an appointed time. So it means be patient with yourself. 
it might take some time for you to get it done, but it will happen because at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, though it waits, though it is taking a while to get here, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not be too long. It will surely come. Whatever it is that you're believing for, whatever it is that you know is supposed to happen beyond the shadow of a doubt, wait for it. It will come. The vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end, it will speak. And it will not tarry. Now, unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. Let not your heart be troubled. He believe in God, believe also in him. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And now, I speak to you that you will have a supernatural, overnight, expeditious deliverance in 24 hours. A supernatural, overnight, expeditious deliverance in 24 hours.